Welcome to Dicey Stories, where we tell stories shaped by dice. You're listening to our tabletop role-playing game, Actual Play Podcast. Episode 231. Today's episode is another installment in our series, Chronicles of Chiron, set in the world of Sid Meier's Alpha Centauri video game. It's played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system, with occasional references to the Mythic Game Master emulator's event meaning tables for inspiration. This is Network Node. With wireless communication impossible on Chiron, the only way for Data Haven to acquire information on Morgan Industries is physically. Mariah, Cleve, and Coruscant undertake this task, encountering many dangers along the way, both natural and manufactured. Unbeknownst to the others, Mariah has a side job for Dr. Satali on behalf of the stepdaughters of Chiron. And unbeknownst to everyone, he also has a condition that could both help and hinder the mission. Stick around after the episode for some GM notes, if you're interested. For the story up to this point, visit our website, diceystories.com, where you can listen to previous episodes or read the serialized write-ups of our adventures. Now let's get rolling. We've got a story to tell. As I recall, you are still in Haven. You agreed to take this job, mission, thing you're going to do to go to this network node that's deep in miasma territory on the edges of Morgan-controlled uh, land. You're going to remove the tap that's currently there, put in the new tap, and one of you is going to add a little extra yes. something from the stepdaughters of Kyra. I have an additional thing to insert into the system. So our goal is to retrieve the data that was collected and to put new data in. Yes. And then there's something about a robot. Yes. And maybe some food, or did I make that up? Well, Cleve well. is obsessed with getting more food for this location yes. because the stockpile of food is starting to dwindle. Measured in months. Measured in months. I mean, they have water, so it's food that they need. And air, apparently, but that's not. I don't know they how he's going to do that. That might be a future problem. And, well, we'll get to Mariah's new capabilities when we get there. Yes, we are not going to discover those until we are actually outside. Anyway, you still have some time to prepare in Data Haven, whether you want to... Corazon is off doing hacker montage stuff. Uh, when you see them next, they will have a totally new getup. With Roz? Uh, with Roz and other hackers. Okay. Um, a lot of hackers here in Data Haven. They're yes. like, we have one thing to do. <laughs> yeah. This is like some fresh... Uh, talent. So hackers love showing people how things work. Yeah. So that's this is a chance to try that. We're going to just bring them a bunch of computer equipment so they can have some. That would probably be a helpful thing. Try to break into. Uh, you can talk more with Dr. Satali if you want to learn more about like the stepdaughters of Chiron or other information that might be useful. You could certainly talk with Rise. I think you wanted to get equipment to prepare. Yeah, I think I might have to fix my gun. That's or, definitely something I don't know that I too. actually did that, now that I think about it. You didn't make a roll for that. Yeah, you've recovered from any crits and any, like, miasma poisoning to the extent that one can recover. And wounds? Yes, and you've recovered from this. It will have been a few days. Okay. And you're in, you're in a reasonably safe place of medical care. And... So I had four wounds, and some of those was still the injury to my leg from the wolf beetle and some of it was being beaten by a briar bush briar beast, briar, briar beast. <laughs> plant beast and regarding like dr satali like i had my checkup outside to get permission <laughs> to come in but i would have wanted somebody to look at the wolf beetle injury which 
Cleaver treated as best he could and which didn't seem to be infected but since I've been feeling like weird pain in my leg like that's something that I would have wanted somebody who was actually a medical doctor to look at. Uh yes Dr. Satali like you present a new interesting case not everyone comes in getting bit by like wolf beetles. Do I get to listen to her tell me how wolf beetles don't attack people? <laughs> uh, she does talk a little bit about like wolf beetle attacks are rare and, like, and she asks like I mean, she's going to make a charm check. She's not... Is it a wild wolf beetle or a domesticated wolf beetle? Yeah. Does your... the wolf beetle have all its shots? What's your cool? That's going to be three purples and a red. Yeah, well, that's uh, definitely a failure. We'll check back in on Dr. Satali later. Cleve, what are you... You were going to talk with Bryce about trying to get equipment? Yeah, and I was going to try to fix my gun. Or clean my gun, I guess. It's not broken, is it? Or we'll uh, it might have if... been damaged, wasn't we'll it? We'll see. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> it definitely misfired. It was, like, jammed. Yeah, I have a miasma jam is what I wrote on there. Which okay. sounds delicious, but probably isn't. Okay. Which was more important to you? Fixing your gun or getting you more? Um, I think for Cleve, it's going to be fixing his gun. Starting with That's his equipment he has, knowing that they're not super equipped anyway. Okay. Give me a two purple mechanics check. Okay. You know what? I will use a story point. Okay. My gun. Use a story point. This is important to Cleve. Also, you're like, you have they give you access to the facilities here. Okay, cool. So then um, I'm not doing this under duress. And... Yeah, there's basic, like, machine shop type stuff. And they have, like, this fancy 3D printer, but it's only... It can only 3D print certain things, like designer clothes. Like, designer clothes? Is that what you said? Why I got a new pair of, like, designer, designer jeans? Designer jeans. Can't be going <laughs> around in trousers all the time. <laughs> it's funny to me to think that they're like, we only have three months of food, but all we can wear is all these designer clothes. <laughs> <Yep>. <laughs> Plenty of designer clothes. So, yes, I succeed with two successes. Okay, perfect. Yeah, you're able to clear that out. It's a little bit more difficult to clear out than like a typical jam. Right. And you just know you'll have to like keep your gun protected with like a, some kind of greasy coating. Do they have anything that they recommend that's like more miasma resistant for as far as the Ooh. oils or something? Or That's a good question. Give me a knowledge Chiron check. Truffle oil. Yeah, and take a blue dot. <laughs> They're like, it's, you use truffle oil and it's like, we're not touching that because that's just gross. It's got to be organic truffle oil. Okay. <laughs> Two purple, uh, knowledge Chiron, and you get a blue dye because essentially they're helping you. You're okay. workshopping this with them. Um, I do succeed. Okay. Yeah. They said that like it, you just need a, a slightly higher grade, like yeah, protective coating, like uh, anything that protects against rust uh -huh. is pretty good against miasma. It's not as good. Right. And miasma can get at things more than just iron. Okay. So you just have to be a little careful. Okay. Do oh it degrades iron. It's just it like, much like rust. the same way that like rust causes problems. I mean, he says it causes rust. Rust is like, uh, not, not exactly. It's, it, it causes jams, gets in the way. It doesn't necessarily cause rust. I mean, it might be rust. I'm not a chemist. Okay. It's bad. Look, it's bad for metal. It's bad for plastic. It's bad for wood. I mean, if you make a gun out of a mushroom, then maybe it'd be fine. I don't know. A mushroom gun? Look, I'm just spouting nonsense, okay? That's what I do. I mean, do you have guns? I do not have a mushroom gun. Do you have mushrooms that can handle combustion? Or the gunpowder? No, I, we haven't figured that part out. That's not really been a high priority. Ross <laughs> begins to regret randomly spouting off nonsense. Maybe with the right, like, hydraulic pressure, I guess? I don't know. Um, this, this is why I like you, Cleve, but it's not really my kind of puzzle. <laughs> Maybe you could bring something up. Rubber band? <laughs> Look, if you get something working, though, definitely let me know. We can try something. I don't know. Do you guys have any of the grease? Yeah, grease. They to can... spare? Yeah. Okay. Grease thing. 
It's like it's, silicone based. It's um, yeah. There's actually this stuff called Cosmoline, so it's a real product. Uh huh. And it's like very popular. It was popular in the Soviet Union, and it will protect your gun from rust and stuff. But like, if it gets like caked on there for too long, it becomes just as annoying itself. Oh, okay. So, so it's fine as long as you're regularly maintaining it. Okay. But like, if this gun is in storage for 100 years and you get it covered in this, I you mean, pull it back out. You're like, oh, jeez. It was. In, uh, for a hundred years, so it might be good that I just took some time to clean it a That's bit more. That's probably what a lot of it is, too. So you get some Cosmoline. Okay. Mariah. So Dr. Satali was making a charm check to what oh, end? Yeah, just a general bedside manner. When she's asking you, like, oh, what were the conditions on which you attacked, on which you were attacked, on which you, prov- on which you provoked a wolf beetle? It's just a little bit accusatory, the way it comes out, and it's, it's a little bit, like, victim-blaming. Ironic that, uh... If I were, like, a less cool person, that she would be more polite. <laughs> you, maybe you hear it. You can hear the It's like, the you undertone. can tell. Yeah. She's not thinking this through. Okay. But I've heard these same sorts of, like, things from Corazon before, and so I know a little bit about how wolf beetles fit into, like, the culture around here. And yes. so I am very upfront with the fact that there was a wolf beetle nest directly over our I mean, module, and we escaped into that space without, like, knowing what it was. Um, she also had two threats. Would you like to learn one of her basic motivations? Oh, you mean my last one that I don't know yet? What motivations of hers do you have? Her flaw is her compulsion. Her fear is death. Her desire is knowledge. So the only thing I don't have from her is her strength. Okay, would you like to know that? I can get that for two, yes. She is brave. She's courageous like Imogen was? She is courageous. That is why she was selected, such volunteers. That's why she's here. Okay. Outside so, of the stuff that I was a Kyra. So then can we have a little bit of conversation for how that comes out? Yeah. I Be- think she's... Because she must have traveled overland to get here. She's yes. not from here. So can she tell me something about, like, how she came to physically be here? Uh, yeah. So she's asking you a little bit about, like, how did you provoke them? Uh, normally they don't do that, but sometimes we've seen that. There like pauses for a moment. Like, there's more dangerous things out there. Uh, as you encounter the Briar Beast, for example... Uh, frankly, the miasma is probably the most dangerous thing, but if you take the right precautions and respect the environment, then you can get through You can get through the monsoon jungle uh, without too much trouble. The monsoon jungle? Well, that's what we call it, yes. Between here and where the uh, Stethelers of Chiron have uh, a few settlements, there's a somewhat expansive jungle. The shot that you gave Corazon, is that something you yourself took when you traveled to get here? I would like a social check from Mariah at this point. I think this is still charm. This mm-hmm. is just like casual chit chat. Also, did she? She didn't actually make any sort of medical conclusions about is my injury weird? Oh, yeah, well, we got distracted. <laughs> that was her bedside manner. No, no, no. We'll, we'll get to that. We'll okay. Get that. All right. uh, just two purples on her cool. I have three successes and I have two advantages. You already know all of her motivations. I do. I want information. Related to the possible side effects of that drug. Because Coruscant, all I eventually got out of her was like, oh, may cause hallucinations. So I would like that extra information in addition to Dr. Sadali answering my questions about like whether she used it herself and like... Oh, does she use it herself? Well, when she crossed the monsoon jungle to get here, like, is this a thing that she herself personally tried? Or is it something new that was developed here? Yeah. She admits that... It wasn't her design, but she did personally try it. She tested it out on the trip here. Okay. For a trip like that, it probably would have been okay, as long as one is cautious about going into miasma zones. But it needed to be tested. And so, yes, side effects uh, on me and my associates, definitely 
modestly uh, realistic hallucinations. Like what? Like hearing things? Like seeing things? Yes. Versus like LSD. Yeah, she says, no, not like LSD. And it's like, obviously, like, she's done something like that before. She's taken, like, I know she has a drug problem. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, No, no, no. Like, you're likely to see someone that you, that is not actually there. Oh, goodness. I hope she doesn't hallucinate Morgan. Uh, For example, I, uh, I thought I saw Dr. What's her name? Your NPC? Deirdre. Deirdre. Dr. Sky. Dr. Sky. Does she say doctor? She said Dr. Sky and then amended herself to, like, Deirdre. I think, yeah. However, we're still on a doctor-patient relationship level. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like right now, it's in a slightly professional context. Um, so yeah. Uh, yeah, so I thought I saw Dr. Sky. You know, she gave me uh, words of encouragement. So whatever I, whatever you think, whatever that person thinks they're going to see, or is important to them, okay, is probably what they're going to see. I don't know, it's pretty mild, and while it was a little confusing, when you know what to look for, it's probably going to be fine. But it's going to vary for every person, what their level of miasma exposure has been. Are they on anything else in their system? Things like that. They might be a little drowsy. Okay. And, uh, yeah, long-term side effects are still investigating. But it's it's definitely, it's a preventative. So once you have miasma in your system, it's too late. So the shot that you gave me that you said might possibly help with miasma. That's something we're trying. Okay. Which shot did she, was that to help, me? oh, that's to help, like, remove the condition. Yeah, which was a failed medicine check on her part. Which right. she said, like, right, oh, right. this might hurt, and she gave me a shot, and then. Yeah, yeah, she's, that treats the symptoms. But there's still going to be an elevated level of, like, miasma, fungus spores. In fact, we should check, that's what we wanted to, while we're checking your leg, uh, which looks like it's cleaning up, uh, okay, just a nasty bite. Um, we should do some more detailed blood work. Okay. Alright, so she thinks that cut looks completely normal for something that was, like, slashed by sharp mandibles. Yeah, and you actually didn't get hit with, like, acid venom or anything. No. No, it's just, yeah, it was a nasty, nasty gash is what okay. she says. So she assures me that it is a mundane injury. Yeah, I mean, she asks you, are you feeling any unusual pain? I have felt, like, burning in my leg. Hmm. Well, okay. But, like, if you don't see any signs of acid burn, then maybe it was just exposure to miasma or something. Could be a regular infection. She she says she'll run a more detailed analysis. Okay. She'll have some very preliminary results, like before you leave, but it'll take until you have to get back to get the full full rundown. Okay. Cleave. Supplies. So you can talk to Roz. Yeah. Uh yeah, Roz is Yeah, we can see what uh we can see what we can get for you. Yeah. Now, I don't personally have most of the stuff you're gonna be looking for. Alright. So we gotta talk to different people and you know, we can get it, but there's going to be a little bit of cajoling, a little bit of a little bit of elbow greasing, a little bit of back slapping. I have faith. Yeah, not a lot of that going around here, so that's good. <laughs> In you. Oh, oh, Lordy. I'm sure you're real popular around here. Well, there's a certain level of vanity that Ross yeah. cannot help but yeah, uh, project. Cleve likes them, so... All right, so... <laughs> I know you're probably interested in, like, some rope or some other, like, climbing equipment. Well, what do we know about the train between here and there? Rope? Because I do have a length of rope. Okay. Because I, <laughs> we got that in the siege wormhole. Um, I think I have a dose of room, but I don't remember if you took that or not. I didn't Death take it. Two? It's in okay. your med kit. Okay. You might want some sort of, uh... Machete? Monocular. Oh. Oh, yeah. You will see far away. I imagine that'll be handy. Yeah. Uh, so I know a person to talk to about that. But you're going to have to see what you can get for him. Okay. Uh, let's go talk to 
Cleve's in it because now he's got jobs and stuff. Coffee and donuts for everybody. Can provide yeah, things yeah. that is useful to these guys even better than just giving them cash. Uh, yes. So Roz takes you to Chloe, who's the closest thing to a survivalist they have here. All right. Um, it's mostly hackers. Chloe, not really a hacker. Kind of looks you up and down, though, and there's a little bit of recognition. Uh, like, you look like a survivalist kind of person. Oh, You're okay. You're that gear. Um, she's got my, got my... Yeah, she's got a rifle as well. Most people here, if, they, if anything, they have pistols. She's not decked out in, like, crazy leather or crazy colors. Okay. Um, it's relatively mundane, but she's got a different, different number of gadgets. She's like, yeah, so you want to borrow my monoculars? Yeah, what would you take? What's do you, Have you been in that direction? Ooh, not since I left. Okay. Morgan. Morgan Industries, they call it now? Yeah. Okay. In a long time. I would like a negotiation check. This is a red and a purple. Roz can help you. Roz has three presents, but does not have negotiation. Okay. I don't either. <laughs> okay. So is that just... You can use three greens then. Okay. Dynamic duo here in negotiating. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like it'll just get us a bunch of things to do. One advantage. You fail, but you have one advantage. Yeah. So if there's anything else I can find out from Chloe... I mean, Cleve was interested in, like, anything about the train that she remembers. Oh. Or if it's anything else she would recommend, even if she doesn't have it. Or if all else fails on that, he's happy to talk about hunting around here. If she yeah, yeah, So, ultimately, she says, like, she's needing, she's going to use this. She's going to try out going out to hunt. Okay. Um, and she actually recommends going out at night. For whatever reason, the miasma tends to be lighter at night. Okay. So, that, that's her recommendation. But she has, she needs his binoculars. She can't. Uh, go without it. So it's not like she hates your guts or anything. You can't go to, like, it's like not, not actually available. Okay. Okay. Based on like when you're going to be gone and other stuff like that. Ross is like, ah, that, that's fine. That's fine. Um, maybe you want some, uh, higher tech weaponry of some kind. Yeah. Let's, I'm listening. Are those robots? Those robots? Takudo, uh, the kid who came back, uh, he mentioned that something about robots, but you and, you and Ryan could talk to him. What about electromagnetic pulse grenades? Eh? Is eh? that something Cleve knows about? You would be vaguely aware about like EMP style weapons that disable electronics for a short amount of time. Will that be a problem for this thing? For what thing? Oh, the no yeah, don't use it on the node. <laughs> <laughs> use it on the robot. Right. Yeah. Good idea. Uh, you get taken to go talk to Tenoch. How's that spelled? T-E-N-O-C-H. Like Enoch with a T. Uh, Enoch is very much like hardware hacker kind of person. Okay. And their part of the workshop is just like a mess of like cables, wires. They're currently soldering something together. Right. Uh, you come in and they're a little bit older, like they're older than Roz. Okay. Um, they kind of look up, what are you interested in? Sounds like I might have to fight a robot or avoid a robot. I personally recommend the latter rather than the former. Did you hear about this robot that, that with this, I look at Ross, this, I don't forgot the name. Some sort of Morgan security bot. Oh, the, the kid was talking about. Yeah, you'll have to talk to the kid. It's, they're a little shaky, so you okay. gotta give them space. Did you hear anything about this? Sorry, you talking to uh, Tanakh? Yeah. Only that there was a robot. Okay. It'd be great to take a look at it. Yeah, do you have any thoughts about not necessarily avoiding it, but if there was an option to get it? I'd be mighty interested if there were. Is there such a thing, anything equivalent to like a restraining bolt? 
in this tech setting? Or is like an EMP the equivalent? An EMP would be the equivalent to like shut it down. But there wouldn't be anything like that simple to like just attach. You'd have to like do a computer stack, hack in. Uh, so how are you going to convince Tenok to give up one of their EMP grenades? I guess, I don't know if Cleve has a sense from talking, like, how communal are they? Is this the sort of thing that, like, Cleve comes back with a robot and then Tenok is like, okay, you said I could have it, and that's a big problem, or it's like, they're going to use it for the good of the... Yeah, Tenok says they're interested in, like, maybe using it to do handle, like, mundane things, like, I don't know if you notice this place is really messy. A uh, robot like that might help clean things up a little bit. Or we could have that be our security up top, rather than, yeah. I don't know, but that, that briar beast doesn't seem to work too well. Cleve has no problem making any promises to Tenok about, like, Cleve's like, what am I right. going to do with the robot, right? <laughs> so I'm so, going to make sure that you can mm, successfully do this. So I'll do, I mean, I'll do what I can to see if we can bring it back. So I would actually like a survival check to, like, prove that you're capable Okay. Yeah, but um, I wasn't sure if that's the sort of thing that Tenok will be interested in is, like, just having a look at the robot. Like, basically, what do they They're going to want to goof around with the robot. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Cleve does not care if they want to, whatever they want to do to the robot. Now, I don't know what Roz might think about that. So it's kind of... Roz thinks little... it's cool to have a robot around. Okay. So, yeah, as long as Roz doesn't have any indication of, like, discomfort about promising these things, Cleve is happy to, like, hand over the robot and be like, you guys do what you need. Yeah, Roz is not reckless, but they're also not the kind of person to like, worry about all these details until they become a problem. But Roz is not thinking like, oh, darn, I thought that robot was going to be mine. Yeah, no. Yeah. Roz is not like possessive of things. From Cleve's perspective, if it's like good for the commune, then he's fine with it. Yeah, it's also like, you're still very new here. Yeah. So like, for you to get this piece of equipment that you can't give back, especially, you're going to use this grenade. Yeah. So give me... I'm going to spend a story point, a red and a purple survival check. And Cleve is coming from a background of having grown up in a commune, right? Well, it was like a family, oh, like a family ranch. So it's like you have to work together towards the good of the group. So I think that might be a, more how Cleve is here. Just like at this point, it's the good of the group and that's the group we have. So he's happy to do whatever's going to contribute to this. And unless Roz has, shows any signs of discomfort, he's happy to be like... What am I going to do with it? I barely keep my gun working out there along the robot, you know. Roz can give you a blue die, but does not actually have survival. Alright. Ooh, a despair. Ooh, I don't know what to do with that. And a threat, but I did succeed Okay. by five. By five. Okay, <laughs> yeah, that's perfect. Tenok is definitely willing to part with this EMP grenade, but you have to bring back a robot that can work. Oh, a working robot? I mean... That can be made to work if it's you blew it up with a you know a conventional grenade. That's not going to work anymore. All right. But if you have a working, an almost working robot. So basically, I owe Tenok a working robot. You owe Tenok but... a working robot. I have that written down as my despair. Got to bring back a robot. Okay. They're also going to want some other piece of electronics. They're not really super concerned about what, but like if you can tear something not critical out of the network node. It can't be critical, otherwise it would disrupt. That's what they mean. So, some other piece of advanced electronics. If they want to just give me some drawings or something, or some descriptions of things that might be good, because Cleve has no idea. Like, whatever yeah. Cleve pulls, unless Corazon knows, we, I don't, well, or M knows. Uh, they say anything that looks like, uh, like a circuit board that's fancy looking, or like a data storage device. USB stick, whatever passes for a CD in this era. Okay. 
those kind of things might be in the network node. They usually grab those and bring more. Maybe they'll have a storage or something. Yeah, and if you fail to bring that back, you're going to have to answer to, to Tenok and they'll. Yeah, okay, so Tenok needs electronic piece of electronic equipment and a working robot. Most, so. like, the robot can be damaged, a repairable robot, I should okay. say. And, like, the robot, you don't know exactly, but you suspect that's going to be the bulkier item to deal with. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm guessing. And hopefully, I don't know if it's going to have to be working at least enough to move. I mean, if it were working and it could move itself, that would be great. But that's going to require you, you know, hacking robot or Corazon hacking robot. Well, I have a feeling Cleve's going to be like, ah, oh, the ro robot didn't make it. Here's a bunch of electric parts. Let's see how far up this will get me. Yeah, we'll see. See how Cleve might have just started his indebtedness to the first person on this planet, and that's through electronics. Better to be indebted to Tenok than to Morgan. We don't know that. That's true. That's what Raz says. Okay. Raz says, like, don't, you know, definitely bring that back to that robot. Don't worry too much. Tenok, like, you... You'll figure something out if you can't get that robot. How do you feel about cyber mods to your own buck? Cyber mods? Yeah. Don't worry about it. Tenok's been testing some stuff, but he never gets enough volunteers. I'm sure it won't come. I'm sure he won't have to worry about it. I, no, just don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. How does Cleve think about... What does he think about cyber mods? I think Cleve's never thought about it. Well, that's a thing for city folk. Yeah. <laughs> Well, this is what passes for a city, Cleves. I mean, how how common were cyber mods in? Not super common, unless it was like a specialized application or like you lost a limb or something else. Yeah, um, it's just still a tricky thing to make work and maintain and all this stuff. Okay, um, Cleves like I don't know. I've got a little mechanical skill. It's true. Are both of you going to talk to the teenager, just Mariah? Well, Mariah definitely has on his agenda talking with the teenager, among other things. I need to talk with Roz also. Why don't you talk with Roz right now, then? Roz had access to the data links for the ship. She tried to look up Mariah in it and yes. couldn't find him. They did not find Mariah. Right. So Mariah wants to ask Roz to look up Sylvia Stan, who I will remind the GM. <laughs> That's the dead person. That's the dead person from our module. Yeah, that doesn't require a check. Okay. Roz is like, you want to pull up information? That's an easy thing. They could just pull that up. Uh, Sylvia Stanton, how do you spell that? I tell them how to spell it. Yeah. Quick uh, montage. Uh, yeah, it looks like a older person. Looks like they were aged. Ooh, just the, the cap, 60 years old. Do we know anything about like what department or anything they were affiliated with or which group? Uh, it looks like they won, like, a, like, raffle lottery to be able to get a slot kind of thing. Skills, uh, let's see. Uh, administrative assisting, customer service, retail, food oh, preparation. That's the raffle I kept losing. <laughs> uh, yeah. Looked like there's someone who got a little bit, well, let's say got lucky, but they didn't make it. Yeah, I don't have, like, the full logs from what happened to your pod, for example. No, I... Mariah was just asking because if there's other people out there who are missing, like Cleve was, if somebody is like, oh, Cleve's back now. Like, well, what about these other people who are missing? Like, whoever cared about Sylvia's Dan, we can at least tell them what happened to her. That's why Mariah was asking. Yeah. So if it was like, oh, this person was assigned to the data science group or like whatever, then like. Okay. That's the full reason that I'm asking the question. Okay. Empathy. 
is why I'm asking Empathy the question. is why you're asking. <laughs> after all this thing that Cleve... Cleve never thought to look for other survivors. Like, after this whole thing about, they left us. Um, you know what? Yes, it does list a not, not like, next of kin, but, like, their... Their balls. Their planet-side contact. Okay. You do get a name for that. Leland. Leyland? Leyland. Leyland. And it looks like Leyland would have been in the colony pod that Morgan commandeered. With the captain? That one? There were several colony pods. Morgan got one of them. I suspect the stepdaughters of Chiron got another one. Oh, that was okay. before they were born properly. I didn't I didn't get that part of the storyline. Sorry, I'm not even there, I don't think, so. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's fine. Okay. So, you might try asking around about that person. He might still be around. Might be curious to know. Then the next thing on my agenda is talking with the sole survivor of the previous expedition. Okay, let's say you're both there, because this seems like a good practical thing. Yep. To get the briefing from that person as well. Yes, so you are taking one of uh, Dr. Satali's nurses, actually takes you to a room. They introduce you to Takuto, who's maybe 16. Very lanky kid. A bit super skinny, definitely. And they're in bed, and they, they're like sitting up right now. Um, Leonard says, like, you can stay and ask questions, but he, he needs to keep his energy levels up, so we don't want to stress him out too much. Is there anything visibly wrong with him? Like, is he missing a limb? Does he have horrible burns? Just glancing at him, there's nothing obviously wrong with him. The nurse tells you that, like, there were, uh, bruises on his arms. Those had healed by now. Does the nurse tell us this prior to taking us to see him? Or, like... Volunteers this information to us, like, right there in front of the game. He probably volunteered. He volunteers the information right in front of the game. Okay. Poor bedside man. Like, pulls out the chart. In these, uh... <laughs> uh, actually, a biologist. So, uh, but yeah. So, so, mechanically, if you have too many threats, like, Takudo gets worn out, and you, you cannot ask any more extra questions. Unless you have some way to get his energy levels up. Okay. I would like to use my special power with the spend of a story point. I get to learn one of this person's motivations. What motivation would you like to learn? It's actually the GM's choice, but oh. the GM is willing to be influenced, swayed. I'm most interested in Takudo's strength. Interesting. Okay, yeah, I'm very happy to give that to you. Takudo is idealistic, actually. They believe in, like, sort of like the, the creed of Data Haven, that information wants to be free. And that was part of why he volunteered for, like, this mission. Like, Roz said, like, oh, they sent two kids. Like, Tukudo and the other kid volunteered. Okay, so only two kids went. Only two kids went. All right. I think Mariah will open up this conversation. That sounds good. This is not a social combat, in my mind, but it's then, too many threats. and Basically, like, we can just wear him out. Yeah, like, he will get worn down. Okay. I want to open which arm. Okay. I want to earn this child's trust and confidence. Okay. So, Mariah is going to tell Takudo that Roz told us that Data Haven needs back the data stick that Takudo was able to get into place so that that data can be brought in to Data Haven. Freely Um, distributed? Yes. And uh, freed from Morgan. That data Ah. can be freed from Morgan. And Cleve here and I... um, haven't had as much exposure to miasma as many other people, so it made sense for us to be the ones to go. And we're happy to do so on behalf of Data Haven due to their, you know, great hospitality. 
Yep, yep. You can get your blue dye appealing to the <laughs> idealism. And I understand it was not an easy job that you did, but anything that you can tell us that can give us an edge and anything that you can tell us about what happened to your partner, like... When you mention a uh, partner, like, he tenses up a little bit, you can tell. Okay, and Mariah, like, sees that, and Mariah responds to that and says, we don't know anything about ha- what happens, Cleve and I, but if there's any chance that your partner survived and, like, ended up with Morgan and needs to be rescued, that's also something that we can look into while we're over there. Okay, you can make your roll. It is a red and a purple. Did anybody say how long ago they got back? This guy got back? Uh, it was probably a month or two ago. Okay. Three successes, a triumph, and one advantage. Are you interested in learning more of their motivations? That depends on, like, what they're going to tell me. Like, it would be better for me to use the triumph to, like, get a chunk of information that you wouldn't have given us otherwise. Like, information for our job is my highest priority here. Okay. So with your success... Uh, they, they cough a little bit. It's like breathing seems to do what they have the hardest time with. They say, yes, Arx and I went. A-R-X. They, uh, I, 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 I couldn't save them. There was, we knew there'd be, we thought there'd be some security. We didn't realize there'd be two, like, two, two robotic killing machines with, and it's like windmill arms, he describes. Like, the like, arms are blades? Like, martial arts. They're faster than, than, than you could believe it. Sorry, is it bludgeoning or is it blades when you describe these windmill arms? It sounds like blades to you. That That is how he is describing it. The nurse described more bruises. And they they, 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 they try to grab you and they rip you to pieces. Oh, oh they, yeah, they, they patrol. They'll give you a warning, but they uh, they messed us up real good. They, they, I don't know if, I don't think Ark, I don't think Ark's made it. Um... That is your baseline information that you're getting. What else are you interested in? Does Takuro indicate anything about the size of, like, size of person, size of building, size of chair? Of, like, the node itself? Of the robot. Of the robot. Uh, size of a small person. Size of a, a child. But stronger than they look. Okay, then can I use my triumph to get useful information about actually accessing the node? Yes, you can absolutely do that. He, he mentions that the, the, the tap, the node itself is a small structure, which is locked, but it, the lock wasn't that serious. Like shed-sized, when you say small, or like... The size of a room. Okay. Yeah, like a hut made out of some, I don't know, chitinous material, locally made-ish. Okay, built from... It's not made out of metal. Built from local organic material. Yes. Uh, the tap is inside uh, there. So, like, it's locked, but the tap is inside. You pretty, um, like, he gives you the... You'll be able to find it inside once you get in there. Does it have, like, keypad entry? Or is it, like, just, like, physical locks? Or... It's a physical lock. But he insists, like, it's not that serious of a lock if you know what you're doing. That or you carry a gun. It's really, the robots is the, the main thing. Yeah, the, and, like, you mentioned the robots again. And he's, like, definitely, like, that's a, a stressor. Like, he's not, I'm not triggering a threat, but, like, that's a stressor for a friend. Okay. I have one advantage. I would like to use that advantage to add a boost to whatever Cleve rolls. Ah, all right, Cleve. What are you going to ask? Can you make, like, a leadership check? Yeah, I guess I can. Um, like, son, I need you to tell us. 
critical information so we can succeed on this mission or whatever. Yeah, and actually, Cleve's really interested in the train getting there and like Ooh. what's around it. So I like it. In his mind, we just like escalated from one robot to two robots that we can potentially capture. Yeah. No, they're like, we don't know what happened to our node because the robots are gone. But but also discussing the terrain is a safer topic with the kids. Yeah, but that I think that's the first. We can figure out about the robots when we get there because if we can survey the area from the train, then we can kind of see what we're working with a little bit. Okay, more. this is two purples. I know you're saying terrain every time, but my I terrain. Keep, I keep hearing train. Oh, and it's like, can we take a train to get there? Can we just take the mushroom train? <laughs> Two purples, and you have Two a purples. boost from my advantage. Okay, and whatever your leadership is. Yeah, I have a point in it. I do not succeed, but I got two advantages. Two advantages. Takuto said, "All he says is like, you're you you two are planet fallers, right?" Yeah. So just, like, the lunar cycle here is, I think, not like you're used to on Earth. Well, there's moons? Yeah, plural is the thing you got to be careful of. So it's real hard to predict if it's going to be, like, really bright out at night or really dark. Unless you've got, like, a computer and all the astronomical knowledge. That wasn't my forte. It occurred to me that, it's getting a little tired. That might be useful information for you. Okay. I'm learning all about the nighttime because that's when we're going to be going because that's when the miasma is. It takes a couple days to get there. <laughs> so you're leaving whenever you leave, but but we'll do the hit at night. Is is your plan? The miasma is lighter at night. Cleep says like he's known this all his life, <laughs> even though he just learned about it this afternoon. Okay, good to know. Do you have any other questions for Takuto? Is there anything Takuto needs? If you find out if you can find out what actually happened to Arcus, it would mean a lot to me. So can Takuto tell us anything about the last time you saw Arcs? Like, was a robot... And these are not... This is not Mariah's words. But, yes. like, a robot was dragging away Arcs's lifeless body versus, like, a robot was carrying Arcs away and Arcs was, like, screaming. Yes, so that's actually pretty close to what Takuto's words are. Takuto says that, like, yes, a robot was, like, viciously beating Arcs. And, like, they just managed to get the tap in place and they thought they were going to make a clean getaway. But it caught us on the way out. Okay. Arx told me to go. Arx told me to go. Takuto's like worked up now. Can I try to make a leadership check? Yeah. What do you need? Uh, two purples. I am. Um, but there's two black dice on this. I want to tell Takuto that he did the right thing. Mm-hmm. Like that one, like he, he honored Arx's wishes that he get out of there. But also that he enabled the data to get collected. And... Because of the information he's sharing, he's going to enable us to get the data back here. So I understand that what you experienced was horrible, and you're still dealing with that, and you'll carry with that with you for a long time. But it wasn't meaningless. That's what I'm going to say. Okay. I'm going to spend a story point. I don't know. Does he look like a kid who responds to like a pat on the shoulder or something? Or... Um, you're not sure. I mean, narratively, it probably makes sense to do so. Okay. I was going to say, were I in this situation, yes, I would pat someone on the shoulder. <laughs> okay. You're the, like, older person. All right. Failure with three advantages. I want those three advantages to learn Takuto's desire. Yes, I think that makes sense. Apparently, Takuto is not a hand-patting-the-shoulder type of person. <laughs> uh, no, you go to do that, and they're just, uh, look, I, I appreciate it, but... 
I don't deserve it, probably. Yeah, like, I don't deserve arcs. They were too good for me. And so you infer their desire is, like, romance. Like, they, or, uh, he was strongly attracted to arcs. You don't know if it was reciprocated. Okay. But, like, they feel especially guilty because yes. of that. Okay. No, but I, I asked arcs to come. Thought it'd be fun. Okay. Be so, Takudo feels that arcs volunteered because... Maybe a little bit. You don't know how true that is. Right, right. Yes, definitely Arcs and Takudo. There was something there. Okay. I feel further resolved to find out things about what happened to Arcs. Okay. I don't say that out loud. Any other stuff you want to do in Data Haven? I think Takudo is pretty tapped out, but... So Takudo is closed down? I think so. You can talk to him again next time you're in Data Haven, kind of thing. So... Even though he said that the moons are hard to predict, somebody here's got to... It's not like moons pop in and out of the sky. <laughs> Somebody's going to know at least next week. Yeah. yeah. And on my other question before we head out is like weather. What season are we going into or what season are we in? Yes. How close are we to the equator? Like, we don't know any I, of this. I just want to know, like, should we be prepared for cold? Should we be prepared for hot? Are you sense? talking to, like, Dr. Satali about this? Are you talking to Do- Roz about this? Dr. Satali is the person that we are told passes for a scientist, scientist around here. So I think Cleve and I are both talking to Dr. Satali about the biome. Yeah. Uh, so Dr. Satali uh, tells you we're coming into the wet season. Okay. And, like, she catches herself, she starts, like, explaining, yes, the winds from the sea north of here start, and, like, looks at you in the wet season. Practical information is what we're looking for here. And, like, Satali has to, like, rein herself back in a little bit. Is like, basically frustrated, but, like, yes. The wet season is what you're worrying about. Wet season also means increased wildlife and miasma activity. So be, be mindful of that. Do the rains tend to come at a certain time of day? Uh, yes, the rains tend to come in the afternoon. So things can be left extraordinarily wet, so you'll need to be careful. Does it clean the miasma down out of the air, the rains? Like dust? The rain itself, yes, does tamp down the miasma, but the extra wind from all this means you could be caught in a miasma. You could be caught unawares very quickly. Ah, so the rains come in the afternoon, and miasma is often lesser at night than at night in the rainy season. There would be even less miasma. Yes, that's the best time to go, which is part of why the tap is in now and why they want to get it now. Okay. So about these moons, what are we predicting for this week? How many suns we got? That's all the oh, same. I, I'm not an astronomer. We can try to sort that through. That's not really... Uh, you can make a knowledge Chiron check together. You can all do this as a group if you like. Um, when you say you can all do this as a group... Dr. Satali will help. Then we'll use her intelligence. She has three intelligence and two ranks. Okay, this is a three purple knowledge Chiron check. I'm going to upgrade so it's a red and two purples, in fact. We succeed. Okay. You know it should take about two days of travel to get there, and on the night when you want to do your little attack, it will be, like, equivalent of half moon. So there'll be, like, one black die of perception. Okay. Just to help you assess if you want to go that night. They really do need electrical equipment here. Just something to do a calendar of what's the moon going to be like. I, yeah, like, Dr. Satali says, like, that'd probably be helpful. Like, astronomy just isn't the interest of most of the people in Data Haven, unfortunately. Mm. If I were back in Stepdaughter's of Chiron territory, someone there definitely keeps track of this. But that's not the kind of software I just have lying around. Right. And but she'd people. only have with her, like, whatever data she physically carried on a drive. Yeah. yeah. Right. Did anybody tell us what these nodes are actually for? 
It's a repeater that connects to domes because you can't have wireless communication. So, so it can... is a physical cable, and then okay, it's the Uses is running a generator, runs more power to ensure the signal makes it whole. I think the only other question then is, what's the situation for masks for filtering? Like, is that going to help? Oh, what, like that yes, to yes, me yes, is yes, probably yes. the less miasma we take on, the more of these we can do. So yes, Dr. Sonali can like make recommendations on like mundane masking things you can do. So you'll get a blue dye on the resilience check. Okay. Provided you protect yourself with that. Okay. It's not great, but it's something. Right. But it sounds like you can last 16 years before you have too much. 16 years for a typical person who's spending most of their time in filtered conditions. Someone who's going out all the time, it ticks up a whole lot faster. Unless you've got other mitigations in place. How long do people live here? Well, we've only been on planet 30 years, so it's hard to say someone who's born here how long they'll live. 30 years, I guess? At least 30 years. Dr. Satali looked to be mid-20s. Yes. Like late twenties, fresh PhD, so to speak, in their university system. Uh, they have more of an apprentice system. Yeah. I think that's all the preparatory stuff. Uh, I don't think any of you are downstream, are you? Mm-hmm. So you don't need to roll, even roll to recover. Yep. Uh, okay. It's like the day before. Then you're getting ready to leave. Corazon has been like almost been like stuck in a room. You just hear like. Occasional cursing from her. As you know, like, she's getting the training in computers uh, to be able to, like, deal with whatever this tap is doing. Okay. But you hear cursing a whole lot, like, earlier in the week and, like, later in the week. You hear cursing, but it's, like, the cursing of success. And uh, just before you head out, then, like, door opens, outsteps Corazon, now having completed their hacker training. Their getup is also totally different. Just in case there's some Morgan surveillance equipment there. So, got a side shave going on, hair is dyed like a very artificial red color, sunglasses, leather jacket. I see Rosa's hand in this. <laughs> Looking sharp, Corson. Please, pulls up the glasses. Call me Hypercore. <laughs> or just Core. <laughs> Alright, Corson has uh, a new nickname, a new hacker handle. Hacker handle. Rasa Rabaima, a little bit faster than most folks. And, you know, mistakes are made, but faster. That's the important part. Can you work the front door now? Yes, I can work the front door. Now I can appreciate how that works, but this wasn't the kind of education I could get in Morgan Dome. All right. Mariah has not had the full makeover like Core has, but he definitely has a new outfit. Cleve has not. (laughs) Cleve cleaned his gun. You've got a and EMP grenade strapped to your belt. Be, yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm sure at some point we were curious if he was going to come out with some tech in his face, but nope. Same old cleave. I'd say Mariah is just slightly more sensibly for doing outdoor things now than before, but it's still like sharp and designer. So yeah, yeah. it's like <laughs> jeans are better than like trousers, but he's still got a vest. I like it. Corson says, you boys ready to rumble? No time Let's like hope. a present. All right, the next morning, you start heading out. I thought we were going to head out at night. We have to do the job at night. The hit has to be at night, but it's uh, several days to get there. Are you thinking you want us to travel over land at night and I mean, during the day? Doesn't that seem like that would be... Well, I don't know. Like, I don't know about the miasma. Like, if it's less active at night, it would be better. That's when we're using more oxygen, right? Assuming Cleve knows this stuff. That's but... an interesting idea, actually. Um, 
Because it seems like our best shot would be to hunker down in the cleanest place during the morning and rest. But he has no idea what the dangers are going to be. Tell you what, give me a hard survival check. All right. Do we have any story points? You have two story points. Yeah, let's do it. One advantage. Yeah, you're not sure. It's like, okay, well, during the day, if you rest, you use less oxygen. But, like, that's something you guys want to, like, blow in. You want to be vigilant about that. Because we won't be able to see it while yeah. we're moving. All right, all right. So it's... I have no idea, basically. It's, it's You're mistake. not sure. And you know what, then we're... You know, common convention is that you travel during the day unless it's desert. Yeah, and you're not in a desert. It's somewhat temperate, a little bit moist. So on the edge of monsoon, or on the edge of jungle territory. Well, you'll have a better feel for it after we spend a few more days out there. Sure. Cool. Uh, Corazon has her... Fungicide spray uh, gun. She didn't have to trade that for her training? Uh, she says, well, she's going to have to bring something back. Uh, and now it has, like, a switch to flip. To go from, like, fungicide mode to just blowing the asthma mode. Oh, okay. So, so she is, came up with that herself. Is that going to give us another boost die for getting through miasma? It just means you won't have to, like, make a roll to switch between those things. I'm asking, what is the functionality oh. of having the blower? Yes. Yes, it is. Is it a maneuver to swap, or is it an incidental? I think it's a maneuver. Okay. But it doesn't require putting the weapon down. Okay. Which is nice. <laughs> like how it's a weapon. <laughs> she wields it like a weapon. I mean, the Briar Beast certainly would view it as a weapon. Yeah. <laughs> True that. GM Danielle here. Data Haven is an original location, heavily inspired by my experiences in hackerspaces and machine shops in the United States. I adapted that kind of free-willing creative culture into a contained environment. They've got basic needs like food and housing covered, for now, so what do they get up to? Roz develops perhaps the most unique voice of the contingent. They embody the information-wants-to-be-free ethos of Data Haven yet tempered with the years of living underground, cut off from the world. Dr. Marina Satali also starts to develop. I wasn't ready to directly introduce Deirdre Sky, but Marina offers us insight into the stepdaughters of Chiron. And like Corazon, or rather Hypercore, she was born on Chiron, sometimes challenging the PC's planet-faller expectations. You've been listening to Chronicles of Chiron. Set in the world of Sid Meier's Alpha Centauri video game, and played using Edge Studios' Genesis role-playing system. Our GM was Danielle, and our players were Lex and Jen. For the serialized narrative write-up of this adventure, visit us at DiceyStories.com. Our music comes from Purple Planet Music. Visit them at purple-planet.com. Until next time, this is Dicey Stories reminding you, Xenofungus is not the enemy.